This is another in Series 2 of the Evening Under Lamplight podcasts with Robert Louis Abrahamson as we look at the last section of Act 4 of Shakespeare's Tempest. <laughs> Things were going well for Prospero in all his plans. He'd formalized the marriage agreement between his daughter and Ferdinand, the future King of Naples, and he'd put on a harmonious and spectacular show for the engaged couple, and for us too, of course. But then he suddenly remembered that his work was not finished. There was Caliban and his confederates planning to murder him. He had to see to them, not just to ward off their attack, this wasn't even necessary since they were so inept, but to punish them and to clear them away before his final confrontation with the king and Sebastian and Antonio. And so here we are, with Miranda and Ferdinand allowed out of Prospero's sight, trusted to be alone together chastely. We'll find out a little later how well they managed their chastity. Prospero now calls Ariel back onto the stage to prepare to meet with Caliban. Yes, Ariel says, when I was playing the role of Ceres, oh, so now we know that it has to be Ariel who takes that part in the mask. When I was playing Ceres, I was, I was going to remind you about Caliban, but I thought you might be angry if I interrupted the show, so I said nothing. Okay, Prospero says, but now fill me in with what those varlets are up to. Where did you leave them? <laughs> Ariel gives a comic description of what they've been up to. We'd seen Stefano and Trinculo obsessed primarily with drinking and with the amusement of getting Caliban drunk. And now Ariel tells us that they were red-hot with drinking, so full of valour that they smote the air for breathing in their faces, beat the ground for kissing of their feet, but they kept bending towards their project. He led them on, as we saw in the previous act, with the sound of his music, through toothed briars, sharp furzes, pricking gorse and thorns, which entered their frail shins. A similar kind of punishment as Caliban had described he'd suffered under Prospero. Pricks and itches, painful but not really what you could call torture. There's none of that severity in this play. And finally Ariel left them in a scummy pool of fetid water, dancing up to the chins so that the foul lake o'erstunk their feet. That is, the lake smelled even worse than their stinky feet. And picture this water right up to their chin, right under their noses. That's well done, Prospero commends, and then the next step is for Ariel to go into the house and bring out the trumpery there. Trumpery! A loaded word these days means deceit, fraud, imposture, trickery. Prospero is asking for certain things from the house that will trick the conspirators. Trumpery can also refer to showy but basically worthless clothing, and that narrows down the kind of thing Ariel is to bring out. <laughs> Why Prospero has such worthless clothing with him is another matter, or perhaps these are his rich aristocratic garments from when he was Duke of Milan, maybe the worse for wear these past twelve years. Or maybe, and this is more probable, maybe such items are indeed worthless on a desert island. What would be the point of parading around in such clothes here? While Ariel is off stage for a moment fetching the trumpery, Prospero has time for a short soliloquy, reinforcing our view of Caliban as an unregenerate monster, 
or if our sympathies are with Caliban, reminding us that Prospero is an oppressive colonial. Prospero curses Caliban as someone who never was able to learn from all the things he'd tried to teach him. The pains he took to educate Caliban were done humanely, but they never took. And then more threats. I will plague them all, even to roaring. Ariel returns with the glistering apparel, etc., which Prospero instructs to be hung on a line conveniently placed right there. Then Prospero and Ariel step back, taking on the role of an unseen audience to the farce about to be performed in front of them. Caliban, Stefano, and Trinculo now enter. It's Caliban who is the leader, urging them to keep quiet as they get nearer to where he thinks Prospero is lying asleep. The other two are more concerned with how badly they've been treated by following that fairy music and blaming Caliban. Trinculo laments in a, in a great line, I do smell all horse piss, at which my nose is in great indignation. They must be speaking pretty loudly in their complaints, for Caliban has to remind them again to be more quiet. But they can't be quiet. They have another, even more serious complaint. They had lost their wine bottle in that scummy pool. They have no more drink, an infinite loss. Stefano is even ready to go back to that pool to search for his bottle. They are now very close to the cell, however, and Caliban is quivering with anticipation, so near to achieving his goal, urging them on. Stefano, like Macbeth or Hamlet or Sebastian in Act Two, now begins to have bloody thoughts. At last. But then everything is lost as Trinculo suddenly spots those clothes hanging right there, that gaudy and ensnaring trumpery, and that's it. The whole plan to kill Prospero dissolves as the two clowns gawp at the clothes and try them on. Caliban is in a rage of frustration. It is but trash, he tells them, but they're beyond listening. Let them murder Prospero, he insists, and then they can have all the clothes they want there. He knows that if they keep delaying, Prospero will awake and then fill their skins with pinches. No good. They won't listen. And in the end, they order Caliban to carry a load of the clothes back to Stefano's hideout. The pace continues, becoming more farcical as Trinculo and Stefano load yet more items into Caliban's arms. And then, and then a hunting horn and more hunting sounds, and another theatrical show as the spirits enter dressed as hunting dogs, with Ariel and Prospero taking the part of the hunters, urging the dogs to pursue the three conspirators, driving them, finally, off the stage. Prospero gives instructions that all three of them should be overwhelmed with cramps, another punishment Caliban complains of. And so much for them. Now for a moment of triumph for Prospero. Time, which has been ticking away since the tempest, has finished its ticking. At this hour, Prospero says, lies at my mercy all mine enemies. He's just about to wrap up his plans, and then he promises he'll certainly free Ariel. The two of them exit the stage, but the stage remains bare for only a second before they re-enter, with Prospero now clad in his magic robes. It's time for the final act, in which everything is resolved, or, or, or nearly, nearly everything, and not quite in the way Prospero had envisaged it.
We'll see about all this next time, and see you there.